when we are serving, we get a glimpse, a firsthand view of what God is doing. And sometimes other people don't even get to see that. It's such a privilege. So we're going to talk about that and more today. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures, as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, before we get into today's episode, I have a quick word. I know that you have been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. I know, I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus, how he calls them, how he encourages them, how he equips them. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, helping you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I also include a lot of cultural and historical information that makes these familiar passages of scripture really come alive. This is a great study to do with maybe your teen girls or a group of friends from church, and it will really help you gain confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. Again, head to shehears.org and you can find the Bible study on the resources page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today is day four of a a five-part series where we are breaking down this conversation about service. I pray that this series continues to bless you. There's a difference between self-serving service and true service. So we have to examine our hearts. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. Sometimes it challenges the way we think and the way we act. But that's what kingdom service means. And then the last one is it fractures community. So self-serving service will fracture community because it becomes about a glorification of an individual instead of not Jesus. That individual is not Jesus. And so this is one of the most dangerous kinds of manipulation because it all falls apart when that person leaves. So that self-serving, it's serving that person, but then it's building up your relationship with that person instead of building up your relationship with Jesus. True service is healing. It draws people into community. It draws people closer to Jesus. And if that individual, that driving force that God gave the vision to leaves, it's okay because God didn't leave and God, God can carry out the vision with other people. And so you, I say all of these to say, we need to check our hearts. I think there's a lot of teaching on service. There's lots of teaching on how to serve and what your spiritual gifts are and all that. But are we looking at the difference between self-righteous service and true service? And true service is really where God wants us. 
I think it's interesting. And one of the chapters of my book, the very first chapter of She Hears, which I think you can probably download that part for free from the publisher's website. There's links on my on my website and in the show notes. But the, the first person that we look at in the She Hears website, I'm sorry, She Hears Bible study is Mary. And I think it's really interesting that um, it's the scene in Cana, the wedding scene in Cana, where Jesus performs his first miracle. And I think it's very interesting that the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed was only revealed to those that were serving. So when he turned the water into wine, the bridegroom did not know that that's what happened. It was the people that were serving that knew. Because when Jesus sent the servants out, he, they, their, their pitchers were full of water. But by the time they went to go pour them, they had been turned into wine. Nobody knew that he did that. Jesus' mother knew and the people that were serving knew. I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think when you are close to Jesus, you get an up-close personal view of the miracles that he's doing that nobody else gets to see because that's the way that God works. Sometimes we don't even know the things that he has saved us from or the ways he's provided for us. But when you are getting that up-close personal view of who he is, you get to see he reveals what he does. One of my uh, favorite leaders, one of my mentors, Pastor Bill Wilson, who runs Metro World Child out of New York City, he says something that I always think of when it comes to this kind of thing. He says, you know what? Good shepherds smell like sheep. And I can't tell you how many shepherds, quote unquote shepherds I know, that don't smell like sheep. Um, one of my professors in seminary, uh, Dr. Benchin, he he used to say, Good preaching will bring people in, but good shepherding will keep them there. Um, if you have a leader that is isolating themselves, or if you yourself are a leader, or you're serving, but you're isolating yourself from the people that you're serving, there's a danger there, and, and we need to reexamine the reasons why we're serving in the first place. Now, this is countercultural. True service is countercultural. We live in a culture where it's look out for yourself, self-care, all that kind of stuff. And while I understand we need self-care and we need to take good care of our bodies and all those kinds of things, um, this countercultural aspect of laying your life down for your friend or for whoever God calls you to serve is sometimes difficult. But the flip side of that is we also need to have boundaries. That does not mean that you say yes to everything. And especially if you're serving needy populations, there will always be more need. I work in in five countries. And so I can work all day or all week or all month on on trying to help one country. And at the end of the day, there's four other countries that I work in that I'm responsible for. And they have the same amount of needs. And so it becomes this balancing act of having appropriate, good, healthy boundaries. Because saying yes to one thing means saying no to another. So if I'm saying yes to a podcast and recording a podcast, it means saying no to something else. What am I saying no to? Well, um, is that, you know, your family? Is that your, your own Bible study? Is that your job? Is that, what is it? Now I have carved out time to do this in my schedule. Absolutely. But anytime we are serving, we have to realize that saying yes to one thing means saying no to another. And that's a healthy thing because we are not omnipresent. Only God is. And so if we are called to serve in a certain area, we have to guard that service because that's the calling that God has placed on our lives. And the enemy can certainly distract us with other things going on that in all honesty are not they might be good things but not the best thing that God has called us to 
So um, this brings me to kind of our final thought, um, discernment versus feelings and what it means to be serving when we don't feel like it. I think sometimes there is a discernment. We, when we are serving in a certain area and God, God starts to give us what they call this holy discontent. And um, I, a couple years ago, actually probably five or six years ago at this point, I was writing for a, a ministry blog. And it was going well, and I was just volunteering. I wasn't getting paid for it or anything like that. I was just wanting to serve. I had some, you know, trainings and things I had developed for my teams, and I just wanted to share that with others. And so I was writing, and something started just to not feel right. And um, I was sent this contract that basically said that everything I wrote for them was now their their content to do with what they please, and I could not even make copies of it for my own team. And I thought, well, you know, I'm developing this stuff for my team, and I don't mind sharing it with you at all, but I certainly want to be able to distribute it to my own team. That didn't make sense to me. And so I just, I decided, I was really praying about it, and the Lord just asked me to lay it down. And it was difficult because it was the first you know, opportunity I had to become, I wasn't a published author yet or anything like that at that point. And so it was this first opportunity I had to have a voice into the larger Christian community and something that I had longed to do, felt a calling to do. And yet God was asking me to lay it down. And so I sent the email back, you know, declining the offer for signing that contract, even though I had, you know, I don't even know how many articles. They ended up taking all the articles down off of their website and it just felt like a blow. Don't you know that about three hours later, uh, I got two really important emails. The first was an invitation to go speak with a ministry organization in Orlando, Florida to go um, pour into some some ministry leaders there, which was an amazing opportunity because I got to go to Disney World for free and do ministry and it was super fun and awesome. Like, love it. And then the second one was an email from an editor for my first book and they were reaching out because they had um, gotten a hold of some of my content and um, wanted to publish my first book literally three hours after I had said no and what that was what that showed me is sometimes you have to lay down the good thing for the better thing sometimes God is waiting for our obedience before he shows us the plan Okay, we're going to stop there for today and make sure you come back tomorrow to finish up this conversation. Let's pray. God, uh, man, we thank you for that example and the way you have everything in control, even if we don't feel like it's in control at the moment and how you work through our obedience and how so often you ask for our obedience before you show us the plan. So Lord God, I pray that as we are finishing up this week and we're learning about this aspect of self-righteous service versus true kingdom service, you would help us to be obedient even if we don't know what the next step is. God, help our hearts to be in a place of obedience where we are seeking you and your next steps instead of our next steps. God, I thank you that even in those moments you are there, you are present, even when we don't understand that the the posture of obedience, that posture of our heart where we are saying, okay, God, I don't know exactly what's next, but I trust you. God, I thank you for the way that you show up in those moments and you hold our hand and you help us define what faith even is as we take the next step. God, I thank you for your presence and your peace in those moments. In Jesus name. Amen. 
Hey friends, before you go, I just wanted to fill you in on something. I've gotten a lot of questions recently about what's next. People have gone through the She Hears Bible study and they kind of want to have some direction as far as what to do next. Don't worry, I will be writing more studies, but in the meantime, the goal of the She Hears Bible study was to not only help you to learn how to hear Jesus through the example of the six women in the study, but really for you to have a, a set of tools to use that you can apply to other passages of scripture. So what I have available for you on the resources page of my website is a couple different tools to help you do just that. And depending on your budget, there's lots of options. The first option is just a very simple uh, ESV version book of John Bible journal. And so what that is, is on one side, you have the scripture from the the whole book of John. So on one side, you have the actual scripture verse by verse. And on the other side, you have places to take notes. And so that's a really easy place to continue doing the color method of study. And if you don't have the colors that we have designated in the study, those are available. I think they're just a couple bucks in the, in the resources page as well. But you can continue to use that color method throughout, you know, one chapter or a, a couple verses. It's a really easy way to do that. And they're small. You can kind of tuck it into your bag. The second resource is similar, except it's all four gospels like that. And so that, that one is done by Hosanna Revival and they're just beautiful. Um, I love them, just the aesthetic of them. They make me feel really special when I'm working in them. And so that's all four of the Gospels. And that's a little bit more expensive because you're getting the whole set. And then the third option, and there's two different price points depending on what you're looking for, is we have journaling Bibles. And so there's the hardcover that are beautifully painted, and then also the leather bound. And what I love about those is when you open them up inside, you will see space in the margins to continue to write. Some people just have a thing about writing in their Bibles. Not me. My Bibles are all marked up. But if you have a thing about writing in your Bibles, this could be a dedicated journaling Bible where you can do the color method and not worry about getting, you know, your study Bible all messed up. And so I pray that those resources bless you. I started putting those in the shop after people started requesting them. And then I realized that I never really told you guys about them unless you private message me. So in case you're looking for what's next, what's more, this is a really good transition after you finish the She Hears Bible study. I pray that it blesses you. Have a good week, friends. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.